So, this is a crazy idea, but it's a lot of fun if you're playing with an old group of players that you've played with for years. This is something that everyone should do. Hello, 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 my name is Guy, and today on How to Be a Great GM, we're looking at this this crazy idea that I was looking and thinking and looking and thinking and I was just doing a lot of that stuff and whilst I was doing that this idea came to me for this week's episode and sometimes you get groups where there's lots of creativity the juices are flowing and the players have 12,000 page backstories and oh, well you've got your world that you've been crafting for centuries you know all of that kind of stuff and sometimes you get groups who they don't really have a dm because no one really wants to dm so it's whoever kind of gets chosen and creativity is not that great right it's not that great it's not that great to be honest it's pretty poo but that's okay this idea is going to change all of that so hopefully hopefully it's going to kind of get you to go huh that was the dumbest thing we've ever done but it was a lot of fun or wow this is actually pretty cool let's do it again let's do it again let's do it do it do it so step number one your players each submit one fact about the world they want to play in. They all submit just one fact, one little tiny, tiny fact about the world that they want to play in. It could be anything. The world I want to play in is uh, full of dinosaurs. That's a fact. That's a fact. Okay, it doesn't seem like it's giving us much, but if you've got three or four or five players, you are going to gather facts. You're gonna gather five world building facts. The world contains dinosaurs, it contains giant mechas, it contains multiple tentacled creatures named Laura, and um, it contains magic, and it contains chipmunks that can talk. Wow, yeah, right, brilliant, wonderful, perfect. That's exactly what we need. What's very important to this process is that the players are submitting one fact, the GM, you, yes, you, you gorgeous, sexy, beautiful, creative, wonderful person, you, game master, you get to submit one fact as well. The world is bleak. The world is amazing. Uh, that doesn't really help though, does it? The world is amazing because everybody lives to the age of a thousand. You don't have to know why. You don't have to figure that out yet. Hold your horses, just throw out a fact. Step number two is very easy because step number two, what you are doing is you are asking each of your players, please give me one fact, one tiny, teeny little fact about your character that has something to do with the fact that you've already given me. So, for example, the player who went, I want the world to be full of dinosaurs, now has to give you a fact about their character and how it relates to dinosaurs. My character has a pet dinosaur which they ride into battle. Perfect! Brilliant! Wonderful! Now, look at our world building. We've already got a tribe of people who somehow managed to have domesticated dinosaurs and use them for riding into battle. Brilliant! Wonderful! I mean, we've got a whole campaign waiting for us. Hannibal gave that to us. So everyone is giving you fact about the world, fact about their character in regards to the fact that they gave you about their world. That's step number two. Now, we go to step number three. The GM, or the DM, or the narrator, or the storyteller, the creative, whatever, that's you. They give one fact back to the players about their character. That's right. 
the DM gets to... Because if the players are screwing around with your world space, you should be able to screw around with the player's little character, right? So, the DM goes, Your friend, your, your character who rides on dinosaurs into battle, they also have a cultural fear that the sky is going to fall on their heads. So culturally, this domesticating dinosaur culture believes that the sky is going to fall on their heads. We don't know why. We haven't expanded upon that. We don't need to. The fact is simply that they fear the fact that the sky is going to fall on their heads. Not very original, but it is what it is. These facts don't have to be original. We're putting them together, right? So the GM is going to be throwing out a fact to each of the players about their characters. The players must then take that fact, plus the fact that they've given, and start to think about their character. It's at this point! Stop! Halt! Do not move forward! We stop at this point. And we stop at this point because we now go, alright, so we've got all of these facts about the world, we've got all of these facts about the characters, what role-playing system are we going to be using to run our games in? If you've got one player who has got giant mecha dinosaurs roaming around, and you've got another one who's got talking squirrels running around being cute, you're like, well, what system is going to work for that? There are so many systems out there. Don't just go, okay, well, we're going to try and smoosh it all into Dungeons and Dragons because that's what we've ever played. Break out! Be free! This whole video creation process, this whole freaking thing is about breaking away from all of the old, take all of the old stuff that you knew and put it aside, carefully fold it up nice and neat if you have OCD, or just dump it on the floor if you don't care, just don't care, wave your hair in the air and all that kind of stuff. We're making new, so get a new role-playing system and you go, well, if Savage Worlds could work, well, go do Savage Worlds. It's as easy as that. And what you do is everybody chooses the system and everybody is then responsible for looking into that system. There are YouTube videos on almost every role-playing system that has ever been created. Go watch them. All right. So choose your role-playing system that is most appropriate. And then we move on to the next step. This is very important. Pay very close attention. Every single player then submits to the GM a fact about the species that they are going to play. Remember, we are abandoning preconceived notions. I am playing an elf of incredible power who rides dinosaurs into battle. Okay, so does that mean that you have pointed ears, long blonde hair, you're kind of arrogant, or are you the tree-hugging ones that are sort of slightly cannibalistic, or are you the underground ones that have got you know, purple skin? That's a preconceived idea! Pfft, I say, put. We don't want that. So the player will give us one fact about the species that they have now chosen to play, and we will give them one fact back. Reciprocity, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, create my species, I'll create yours, that kind of thing. The elvish species, um, we have webbed feet and fingers because we swim a lot. Brilliant! Perfect! We know that they are an aquatic-based culture now. Wonderful. So the dinosaurs that they are training up, probably actually not dinosaurs. If we're going to split hairs, they're probably uh, prehistoric sea creatures. So ichthyosaurs, uh, something along those lines type of thing. But now I'm getting a whole avatar, you know, way of water kind of vibe going on. And you're like, oh, that's wonderful. That elf didn't exist. So you give one back. Okay, cool. All right, you're aquatic elves. You know, they, 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 your, your character feels that the sky's going to fall on their heads because you live in the water all the time. The water is not going to fall anywhere. It's solid. 
And you can hear when the water's falling because there's a thunderous sound, which is the same as the thunder in the sky, which is why they think it's gonna fall on them. Ah! <laughs> or, I mean, that's just one interpretation of the whole thing, right? Linking together these little facts, it's freaking amazing. All right, so you give one fact back. Okay, fine, all of the elves have got, um, oh, I don't wanna be cliched, I don't wanna be cliched. Um, all of the elves have got black and white mottled skin. It could go with blue, but I mean, blue's so yawn, Cameron. Anyway, uh, it could be anything, you know, uh, fine, great. So they're black and white, so they look like orcas. Simple little fact, look at this world that we're building. This is just for one character. If they've got different races and species and different cultures, yeah. Okay, so what is next is, the player then submits uno singulari um itchy uh ein one one single goal for their character and if they don't have a goal for their character you then ask them what wtf is your character doing to survive how is your character going to survive you cannot have someone who has no goal. Their goal might be to do nothing, but then they will starve to death before the campaign begins, and ooh so sad, the black and white orca elves are now no more. Do you want that? Do you want that? Because that's what you get when you don't have a goal. So what does your character do? Are they a blacksmith? Do they work as a courier delivery guy? Do they work in a warehouse? Do they work in the fields? They've got to do something to survive. And when the player says, oh, I guess they, uh, uh, they, uh, they pick up dino dung. Perfect. Great. Good. Is that what they want to do for the rest of their lives? You can plunge the depths of this character really good into the psychosis behind why it is that they are doing what they are doing and what they would rather be doing and how they could take it a little step from doing what they are not wanting to be doing to doing what they are doing because they are wanting to do that. So you want to do nothing all day, but you are currently dung dealer. So how do you move forward? You find the perfect dung? No, no, this is not going to make any sense. No, you get money so you can retire. That's the standard plan of capitalism, right? You then, in return, because remember, scratch my back, I create your back. The whole idea is you then give them one setback. Aha, my glib player who said their goal was to become a famous hero. Very clever, very clever. It's not clever because that's what all adventurers basically are. But anyway, it's, it's clever. You gave me an answer. You didn't beat around the bush. You didn't come up with all that nonsense about being a basically a layabout who just doesn't have any goals. You gave me a goal. They want to become the most famous adventurer ever. Now here's a setback. You can't become the most famous adventurer ever because your mother is the most famous adventurer ever. And as a matter of fact, you haven't seen her in six years because she's currently going to go and try and find the greatest artifact known to exist in the entire world, yeah. An artifact of significant power. Probably I haven't made anything else up. I only have to give you one setback and that setback is that your mother is the most, most famous. Or for our little dung cleaner, let's go along with hers. What's their setback? Their setback could be that they're very good at being a dung shoveler and so they'll never get promoted because they're very good at it. They're not management material, they're excellent dung shoveler material. You, you, you are, are a dung, dung shoveler. shoveler. Anyway, so give them a setback. Give them something that's gonna prevent them from getting their goal. We have set up almost everything that we could possibly need. What else could we possibly do 
Oh yes, this. Because this is a collective world building campaign building exercise, the players will now submit to you one area of the map that pertains to their character. So in our Orca Elves, here is the bay, the gulf, where our tribe lives, and I've put some other little tribes around the gulf, and there's a mountain range over there, and there's some forest over there. It does not matter what their map looks like. Do not judge them. Do not, for shame, for shame, for shame. Do not look at the map and go, is that, is that, did you, is that a map? Did you just drop a pencil? All right, it doesn't matter what they drew it in. They drew it. It could be X's and V's and, 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 and lines. It could be a work of art. Doesn't matter. That's not the goal. Just take it, smile and say, you. <laughs> You're breathtaking. Thank you very much. Your character gets inspiration or you gain some extra bonus. Here's a magical item. Here's a, a sci-fi item, whatever. Give them something. Give them a little reward. Puff love. Ding, 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 ding. Now in that map, it would be nice, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. It would be nice if they put down some names. This is the name of our village. This is the name of the next village. This is the name of the next village. This is the name of the bay. That makes it much more personable to the player and their character, but they don't have to if they don't want to. I do understand names are one of the most intimidating things on planet Earth when it comes to role playing. I cannot believe the terror of having to come up with a name for a character. I, I have spent years saying, this is the first thing that you should come up with is the name of the character because it will determine a whole bunch of things. And people are like, no, I cannot come up with a name. A name is so important, it is so powerful, my character's name is... Rudolph. Huh? Whatever. Okay, I digress. Back to the point at hand. They give you a map. That map, you then take all of the maps, you take the five maps together, and you link in the... Sh the things in between, you fill it in. So you go, okay, well, we've got Orca Gulf. I'm gonna put that in the Southwest. Right, I've then got um, weird inverted mountains and a pool of Lara. It's filled with Lara Crofts. Uh, no, lava, ah, lava, ah, ah. Okay, so there's gotta be a mountain range um, and the pool of lava is gonna to flow towards the gulf, but it can't go into the gulf because it will kill all the little orca elves. So something's gotta divert it. So let's put some hills over here and there's a sprinkling of some forests over there and some light dashings of desert over there. And you've created a map that is so inclusive of your players' ideas and your world building has now got all these wonderful facts and now you just connect the dots and you go and watch the video on world building and on working out the transportation and all those kinds of basic kind of things. But it's done. And what, what a remarkable environment you have created. And these characters with these cultures, these have never existed before. The power that you have, oh, the power. This is so unique to your group. This world space, you can expand it ad infinitum. This is one little corner of one little continent somewhere. Go mad as you explore this space and keep including your players every time they encounter a new culture. What's on the other side of those mountains? I don't know. Everybody give me a fact. Ah, now I hear you loud and clear. What if I get five facts that are contradictory? In my world, there's no magic. 
other player. There's so much magic in my world that it's amazing. Hmm. One world says there's no magic. Another world says there's lots of magic. Okay. Magic has been hidden and forgotten about. Some cultures believe in it and some cultures don't believe in it. Guess what your campaign is? Magic is coming back into the world. Or magic is leaving the world. You don't have to make this stuff up. Except when you're making it up, but then it makes itself up. You just ask a question. Well, how do I link the two things together? Remember, remember, remember the 5th of November. Well, not necessarily the 5th of November, but whenever the video came out. Remember the video on the four types of imagination that you have access to. Research, inspiration, freeform association and experience. Use them to link these things together. Don't see problems. See amazing opportunities for you to be told what the hell your campaign is about so that when you're playing it, you're creating NPCs, you're exploring the Orca Elves just as much as the player is exploring them. And as you're coming up with things, ask the player, well, we've got to do the sunrise ritual. Tell us, Rodney, how do the Orca Elves celebrate the sunrise ritual? And then you are playing because you're watching them DMing in a way because they're telling you how this ritual unfolds. Oh, I wish this was a system all on its own. Well, it kind of is now that you've watched the whole video. If you've been inspired by this video, I mean, I'm sweating from excitement from this video. Hit that like button or the subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. I cannot say this enough. I am so grateful to the patrons who keep this channel going. That's just phenomenal. The support that you've given me over the years, I, I, there's no way I can replay it except by making more videos and trying to, to do more stuff. Uh, just phenomenal. Anyway, from me, from the editor, from everybody at Geek's Table, I want to say to you, 